Hello, it's AJ, and welcome to the D Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumors in the world of Disney Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And of course, each week we have a weekly movie club where we give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show, we covered the movie Jungle Cruise. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including whichever one you're listening on right now. And for this last week's movie club, we've been watching the Pixar movie Inside Out. But I'll get back to that one a little bit later in the show. How's everyone's week's been? I've honestly mainly just been working this past week. I don't think I've done anything extraordinarily interesting, I don't think. I did go to one business networking event. That was about it, really. It was quite a good one as well, to be honest. I did record a video like I do with all of these networking events. That is over on my uh, YouTube channel. You can go and see all of those business networking type things that I do over there, as long as, as well as some personal videos. If you just go to youtube.com forward slash AJ Redfern Media, uh, that should be able to bring up all of those sorts of videos. They're actually, and I, I don't know, I'm quite proud of the one that I did last. It had a lot of uh, like weird transitions in it that look quite cool once it comes out. So uh, yeah, if you feel like checking that one out, just head over there to be able to have a look at that. But apart from that, not really much special. It's Mother's Day here in the UK, and uh, we've kind of just had a chilled out day, really. My wife was playing on the PlayStation for a little bit earlier today that she didn't get to do last weekend, so she was playing on that. The kids were playing, like, my, my son was playing with this, like, marble run game that he's got. My daughter was playing, like, princesses. She's all dressed in her bridesmaid dress that she was in last summer. Uh, but yeah, just been having a really chilled out day, really. I made some lunch for us all earlier. I say made. I, I'm not really much of a cook. Even though I did pick up the official Walt Disney World cookbook this past week, I'm not really much of a cook. I can bake, but not really much of a cook. So I, uh, I don't know, I put a pre-made lasagna in the oven because it was just something that was quick and easy. And it just meant that we could just kind of chill out, really. Plus, also, I've been preparing for... I'm going away this next week for three days. I'm spending three days in London with work for like this IT event that's on in London. And it should be really good, actually. I'm looking forward to it. And again, I'm going to do some film in there. I'm going to take my uh, work laptop with me so I can edit those maybe in an evening and stuff. But uh, yeah, it should be a, a, an interesting week. But again, that's just another thing that I've been doing today, just making sure I've got my bag packed for that so that uh, it's just easy enough to just pick up in the morning and away I go, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm looking forward to it this next week. It should be interesting. Also, there's the former uh, Walt Disney World uh, vice president i think it is that's going to be there as well and he's going to be doing a, a seminar and also he's going to be doing like a, a keynote speech as well so i'm looking forward to I, i've actually booked to attend both of those so uh, really looking forward to those but apart from that that's about it really i've not really been doing much else interesting hopefully everyone else has had a really good week i feel like i've not spoke for as long as i did last week i've spoke forever last week about just random things that probably no one even cared about to be honest but uh, yeah i don't think think i've spoke about much this week just because there's really not been much going on hopefully everyone else has had a good week though drop me a message over on social media at, at or forward slash the d plus club just to let me know how you've been doing it's always nice to be able to hear from everyone now that it's time for the news and overall it's kind of been a quiet week in disney plus news but i did want to start out with some news that broke early this week from deadline that the willow series has apparently been cancelled after only one season despite actually teasing a total of three volumes well 
After this news broke, the executive producer, John Kasdan, actually spoke out about the cancellation, where he gave hope for fans of the series, and as part of his statement, he said, The truth is less splashy, but here it is. A decision was made last week to release our main cast for other series opportunities that may arise for them in the coming year. With all the TV and movies in production around the world, it feels unfair to limit an actor's availability without a clear sense of when you're going to need them again. It's further trivialised by the simple reality that the scripts we've been working on require just as many actors from our first season, with whom no such contractual hold exists. Nothing prevented Annabelle Davis, for example, from taking another show. But you'd better believe that Mims appears in every single volume two chapter. If you're asking what this means for you as a viewer or as me as the creator, here's what I think it means. Due to forces much larger and more intricate than I would ever pretend to fully understand, production of streaming shows is slowing down across the entire industry, and Willow won't won't resume filming for the next 12 months. He went on to say, I'm confident I speak for everyone involved when I say we'd like nothing more to deliver volume two on a scale expected and demanded by the story we're telling. Are we going into pre-production? Not right now. Does that mean we're never going to make it? Absolutely not. Three weeks ago, we got a third season of Party Down, 13 years after season two. Between seasons two and three of Atlanta, four years. Curb Your Enthusiasm, seasons eight and nine, had a hiatus of six years. Not to mention this little movie called Willow that didn't get its well-deserved sequel for 35 years. So, it sounds like it's a lot more complex than simply just being cancelled. It sounds a lot more like the series has just suffered from Disney's cutbacks in investment into original series in the immediate future. But that doesn't mean that the series will not return at some point in the future. And it also sounds like that this is not just Disney that's experiencing these issues. It feels like it's it's happening all across the industry. And you're seeing that now with uh, like Netflix series and things like that that are getting cancelled sometimes after only a single season, despite a strong fan base but what do you think would you like to see a second season honestly i've still not even gotten around to watching the first season yet but that's more about my time than anything else but anyway speaking of disney plus originals disney updated their original page this last week to be able to remove some estimated release times from many of the upcoming titles instead just changing these to say coming soon These titles include Ahsoka, which was originally due to arrive in 2023, Daredevil Born Again, which was originally due to arrive in 2024, Echo, which was due to arrive summer of 2023, Ironheart, which was due for fall 2023, Secret Invasion, which was originally for uh, early 2023, What If, again, early 2023, X-Men 97 for fall of 2023, Spider-Man Freshman Year, which was for uh, sometime in 2024, I believe, and then also Agatha Coven of Chaos, which was due to arrive in late 2023. And again, this just seems to be the the knock-on effect from this announcement that Disney is kind of pulling back on investment into some original series, but also looking to space out some of these releases. As you can see from that list, the majority of it is for Marvel. And they may be just looking to space out these Marvel releases just so that they're able to either invest more time into them to be able to get the quality up there, or just because they don't have the investment into them to be able to release them on the schedules that they would have liked to. So I don't think that this is a bad thing, but it does draw into doubt a few things that we've been speaking about recently. 
Like, for example, Ahsoka, we, from what we've seen in interviews and things like that, we're expecting it to arrive sometime around late summer. Now that might be winter, I don't know. It could be that it's released at a similar sort of time that um, the Book of Boba Fett was released, for example. But yeah, it's it's definitely drawing into questions, are some of these series just going to get a single season run when they could have been originally intended for multiple seasons? I don't know, but uh, it's, it's definitely very interesting to be able to see anyway. Let's have a look at a few other shorter stories now. This past week, Disney released the first full trailer for The Little Mermaid, which actually evokes some memories from the original animated trailer. And I've actually watched this a few times now, and each time I think it's grown on me just that little bit more. I actually watched it with my daughter last night, and she really enjoyed it. She was like st- stood pointing at the screen going, it's Ariel, it's Ariel, and she just really enjoyed like the, the colours out of it and just the just how lifelike it looks more than anything so it's definitely one that i know that she's wanting to be able to check out hulu released a teaser trailer this past week for one of my favorite series on disney plus only murders in the building season three which actually showcases the introduction of meryl streep's character to this series so yeah looking forward to finding out more on that again i don't think we have a release date on that one at the moment i think it just says coming soon searchlight pictures this last week released a teaser trailer for flaming hot which i I think i only spoke about the other week which is about the flaming hot cheetos and all it shows is like the family around a, a, a table and like the the sun, I think it is, is tasting the Cheetos. He says, oh, it's hot. It's, it's a good hot, though. But uh, I kind of understand that one. It's, it's one of those kind of unique sort of flavours when you first try them, I think. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to finding out more about that one. Last week, I spoke about Disney developing a US version of Motherland called Drop Off. And this past week, it was actually announced by Variety and Deadline, respectively, that Judy Greer and Nancy Lenhan, I think that's how you say that, I'm not quite sure, would be both joining the series. According to the Wall Street Journal, following the introduction of an ad tier and also increased pricing of Disney Plus in the US last year, 94% of subscribers actually went on to stay with their existing tiers. And I thought that was really interesting to be able to find out that only about 6% of uh, existing subscribers either chose to swap to the ad tier or to cancel entirely and it really goes to show the content that disney plus is showcasing that people want to stay with that brand and they like the features that they get included with the like the full tier and again if if we had a very similar price increase in the uk to introduce an, an ad tier for example i would probably stick that through as well because it's just something that we use so much i was talking to my wife about it last night i think it was at the moment we are only seeming to watch uh, anything on like iTunes that we've purchased, for example, Disney Plus, which gets use all day, every day almost, but just because we don't have a regular TV package. And then in an evening, we've been watching a lot of things on Paramount Plus at the moment. We've very rarely been watching things on Netflix, and I only watch things on Amazon Prime, usually on my lunch when I'm at work sort of thing. So it's definitely Disney and Paramount Plus are the kind of the two main platforms that we're watching things on at the moment. So I definitely think that we would we would ride through a price increase such as that that was in the US last year. Anyway, moving on, at the Oscars last weekend, Avatar The Way of the Water picked up the award for Best Visual Effects, whilst Black Panther Wakanda Forever won the award for Best Costume Design. And finally this week, Disney has announced that the BAFTA award-winning actor Malchi Kirby, I think that's how you say that, and Erin Doherty have joined the cast of A Thousand Blows, which is the current working title for a new 12-part series set in the perilous world of illegal boxing in 1880s Victorian London, and filming is already underway in here in the UK. 
The thrilling series follows Hezekiah and Alec, two best friends from Jamaica, who find themselves thrust into the vibrant and violent melting pot of Industrial Revolution London's East End. Drawn into the criminal underbelly of the thriving boxing scene, Hezekiah meets Mary Carr, the leader of the 40 Elephants, the notorious all-female London gang, as they battle for survival on the streets. As Hezekiah sharpens his new skills, he comes up against Sugar Goodson, a seasoned and dangerous boxer, and the two are soon locked in an intense rivalry that spills out way beyond the ring. It actually sounds really exciting, this one. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're filming it in the UK, especially with it being set in the 1800s, for example. But there are a lot of good filming locations here in the UK that can really evoke that sort of period sort of timescale. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about this one. And uh, hopefully with it filming actually already in the UK now, it might be towards the end of this year that we'll even get a trailer for it as well. So looking forward to finding out more about this one. But honestly, that's about it for this week's news. I say it's been a relatively quiet week all around. I could go on to talk about this, that and the other that's like maybe rumors that are happening in at the moment but i wanted to kind of stay really just locked onto the news this week like one of the rumors for example that i saw was that someone had put on could avatar 3 be turned into a nine hour disney plus series and i'm like avatar's just made what it's the third highest grossing film of all time of all of the rumors that i saw i was like there's no way that they're going to turn it into a Disney Plus series when they know that they can make that much in the box office. So anyway, a lot of those rumors I just thought were very outlandish. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the news this week, even though there isn't as much as there maybe has been in previous weeks. I mean, last week I was talking for, well, again, this included me just rambling on at the beginning of the show. But I was speaking for a good half of the show about the news and just other random things altogether. So anyway, I didn't want to go into these outlandish rumours. I just wanted to be able to just focus on what had been announced this past week that I could actually properly speak about anyway. So let's take a quick brief break now and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at magicallyscented.com. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next magically scented order. soon to disney plus this next week well this past week of course we had the latest episodes of the bad batch which actually i haven't been able to watch it i've actually saved it for my train journey down to london tomorrow so i've got it downloaded onto my ipad ready uh but we also got the latest episode of the mandalorian as well and i don't know what to say about this one because it was a really enjoyable episode but it was really okay here's mando at the beginning here's mando at the end and 
here's something else in between, which personally for me, whilst a lot of people have said, oh, I didn't like it because of this, I actually found really interesting. So without going into too many spoilers, let's say, if you've watched at least season one and two, for example, this it won't really spoil it much. We get to catch up with Dr. Pershing, who was the uh, clone geneticist who was kind of working for the Empire, let's say. And we get to see what he's doing now. And most of this, in fact, all of this, takes place on Coruscant. And it's really interesting to be able to see Coruscant after the Empire. Because even in some of the like the books I've been watching or listening to, they don't really take place in Coruscant. Or if they feature Coruscant, they feature it only briefly for very specific purposes, let's say. And a lot of those are also about the like taking back Coruscant from the Empire because for those who maybe don't follow along with Star- the Star Wars literature that's been released, they go to speak about after the fall of the Empire at Endor, the- Coruscant was still under Imperial control. So there was a long period of time where it was still under uh, like Imperial governance from like, um, is it Masamida who was like the like Senator Palpatine or emperor palpatine's aid or like right hand man for sort of thing so it really goes in depth into that but this is now set after that time when like the the new republic government has been like fully fully uh instated sort of thing but it's not taking place on coruscant so it's interesting to see the populace and like how they're getting along after the the fall of the empire and even one of them was saying the Empire, the New Republic, the Old Republic. It's hard to be able to keep track of these days. I'm just happy to live my life sort of thing. It's it's interesting to see people's views on this kind of like political scale, which has been galaxy-spanning, really. And it's had this on like knocking-on effect across the galaxy. But for some of these maybe well-off individuals, say, for example, on Coruscant, they could care less. They're, they're just like, okay, as long as I can spend my money and do what I want to be able to do, I don't care what you, what's going on in the political world. I'm just happy to do what I do best sort of thing. But it was really interesting to be able to see that sort of thing. And we got to see the what is it, the highest peak of the actual world of Coruscant as well, which I thought was interesting, which is like the top of a mountain, which is just in this, like, uh, what is it, like a square of some kind? There's like uh, juggling acts around there. There's like booths selling food and stuff like that. And I just thought it was like really interesting. Apparently that was featured a lot in, was it Clone Wars or Rebels? No, I think it was Clone Wars. Uh, but again, it's just something that I've not got around to being able to see in animated form yet. But this is the first time we've actually seen it in uh, live on the screen. Actually, no, it might be the second because I believe that it was also seen in the the re-release of Return of the Jedi. You know where there's the fireworks at the end there, and you get to see the the um, uh, like the big statue of Emperor Palpatine falling to the ground. Again, in, in the books, that goes on to say that because the Coruscant was still under Imperial rule at, at that point, after the statue was toppled down, what actually happened was all the Imperial forces came in and like chased everyone away. So again, really, really interesting. If you haven't checked out any of the Star Wars books yet and you are a Star Wars fan, I do highly advise it, especially uh, Alphabet Squadron that really goes into focus on like the fallout after the... like the fall of the empire sort of thing so no really really like that anyway going back to this week's episode of the mandalorian because i'm really really getting off track now it does follow dr pershing and what's happening to him and what he's doing on coruscant but also there's this kind of underlying mystery that happens throughout the episode and i think that the reason why they've included this although i do wish that they've kind of done it as like 
sideways flashes over a few episodes maybe i don't know maybe there's like five ten minutes here or there be able to be able to set up this kind of big event that happens after this this time on coruscant let's say it would have worked better for me i think that way and maybe it would have been more interesting as an entire episode uh if you had a lot more of the mandalorian actually in it let's say for example i've seen a lot of jokes about that online this past week but yeah going back to what i was saying what i actually think that this episode was trying to do is kind of set up like the big bad for the series because we've not really seen much of like what's going on in terms of what's happening with mandalorian and grogu and his like enemies sort of thing what's happening in the galaxy we know that he's on this kind of redemption arc to be able to redeem himself as a mandalorian and bathe in the the living waters of mandalore and it's like what's going to happen after that and i think this was specifically setting that up and there was a moment in the episode where dinjar and so the mandalorian and bokatan Kreese were escaping from some imperial forces some tie interceptors and it was a big squadron of tie interceptors and tie bombers as well so it makes you wonder where have all these come from and the first thing that came to my mind and i've actually seen a couple of people speculating this online this past week is is this going to be the introduction of Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I hope it is. I hope that we find some way to be able to introduce Grand Admiral Thrawn this year. Sorry, that's my watch going off. And it kind of almost set up the Ahsoka series from that. And maybe even see Ahsoka guest star in this season as well. I think that would work really well as kind of like a, a backdoor pilot. Almost kind of like how the Mandalorian being in the Book of Boba Fett did for that, how it was kind of a backdoor pilot for season three in a way. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we see uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, but also after listening to the books, I'm kind of hoping that Grand Admiral Thrawn has gone away to the unknown regions and he's kind of gone back to the Chiss and maybe he comes back as a Chiss warrior more than uh, an Imperial warrior, I, I, I'm thinking. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I'm just looking forward to the rest of this series. So, yeah. Hopefully I've not spoiled it for too many people there. Just before warned when you get to this episode that there is very much a large amount of the episode where you don't actually follow the Mandalorian for it. Um, I was watching... the. Again, this is me just going off on a tangent here. I was watching a YouTube video earlier in the week. Again, this is someone that's kind of reviewing the episode or reacting to the episode. But what they do is they use do it using like motion capture technology where they're doing deep fakes of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Anakin's faces onto someone who's watching the show. That is, they're pretending it's like a hollow of historical events sort of thing. But it's it, historical events for them that would have been set in the future. It's really funny. But the um, deep fake of Obi-Wan's just sat there in his robes and he's like... I wanted to watch Mando. Why are we spending 55 minutes of not watching Mando? And it was one of the longest episodes. In fact, I think it was the longest episode of the series to date. But again, I wonder whether that is because they wanted to get all of this Dr. Pershing stuff out of the way early on and then focus on the series after that. I don't know. I will move on now because otherwise I could go into speculation and I could end up ruining it for people. So really, really don't want to be able to do that. But of course, moving on to this next week, starting on Wednesday, we'll be getting the latest episode of season three of The Mandalorian, as well as The Bad Batch season two. In the US, you'll also be getting four episodes of Kia and the Kimoji Heroes season one, Superstructures Engineering Marvel season one, and also How to Win at Everything season one where presenter Tim Shaw, I actually knew someone called Tim Shaw, anyway, where presenter Tim Shaw joins identical twins Chris and Justin Nelson 
to discover ways in which people can use science to succeed in life. And you will also be getting Restaurants at the End of the World Season 1, where Kristen Kish travels around the world in search of people, places, culture and traditions behind the world's most remote restaurants. Here in the UK, we'll just be getting the latest episodes of many seasons, including NCIS Hawaii Season 2, Episode 10, Wu-Tang and American Saga Season 3, Episode 8, The Great North Season 3, Episode 9, 911 Lone Star Season 4, Episode 6, Good Trouble Season 4, Episode 9, Station 19 Season 6, Episode 9, Bob's Burgers Season 13, Episode 12, Grey's Anatomy Season 19, Episode 9, and also NCIS Season 20, Episode 10. Moving on to Friday in the US, you'll also be getting Witness Disaster, where extreme footage and surviving witnesses bring to life the terrifying reality of what it's like to experience outright disaster. And here in the UK, we'll be getting the romantic comedy, which I actually spoke about last week, I think, Up Here, which is set in New York City in the waning days of 1999 and follows the extraordinary story of one ordinary couple as they fall in love and discover that the single greatest obstacle to finding happiness together might just be themselves and also the treacherous world of memories, obsession, fears and fantasies that live inside their heads. Also, for a reminder for any Hulu subscribers, you will be getting that on the same day in the US as well. And then on Saturday in the US, you'll be getting the debut of two new series on Disney+, Plus, following their Disney Channel premieres. First off, you'll be getting The Secret of Sulphur Springs, Season 3, and also six episodes of Saturdays, where Paris Johnson considers roller skating to be a part of her soul, and lives to go out on weekends to her seemingly magical roller rink, The Neon Lit Saturdays. But that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to? Let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. I am going to take another brief break now and then I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And, of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the rumors of the week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. And now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week's Movie Club movie has been Inside Out. If you've never seen Inside Out before, this is your spoiler warning. So if you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, go and watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. And now with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into it. 
Within the mind of a young girl named Riley are the basic emotions that control her actions. Joy, sadness, fear, disgust and anger. Her experience become memories, stored as coloured orbs, which are sent into long-term memory each night. The aspects of the five most important core memories within her personality incorporate the form of five floating islands. Joy acts as the leader as she and the rest of the emotions try to limit Sadness's influence. At the age of 11, Riley moves from Minnesota to San Francisco, California for her father's new job. At first, she has a lot of poor experiences. The new house is cramped and old. Her father hardly has any time for her. A local pizza place only serves pizza topped with broccoli, of all things. And the moving van with their belongings was misdirected to Texas. On Riley's first day at her new school, sadness retroactively turns joyous memories sad, which causes Riley to cry in front of her class and creates a sad core memory. Joy tries to dispose of it by using the vacuum tube, but accidentally knocks the other core memories loose during the struggle with sadness, disabling the personality islands. Joy, sadness, and the core memories are sucked out of headquarters. In Joy and Sadness's absence, anger, fear, and disgust are forced to take control of Riley, with disastrous results, distancing Riley from her parents, friends, and also hobbies. Her disused personality islands gradually crumble and fall into the memory dump where things fade into non-existence as they are forgotten. Finally, anger resolves to run away to Minnesota, believing it will restore Riley's happiness. Whilst navigating the vast long-term memory area, Joy and Sadness encounter Bing Bong, Riley's imaginary friend, who suggests riding the train of thought back to headquarters. After several adventures and mishaps, the trio eventually catch the train. However, it halts when Riley falls asleep, and derails entirely with the collapse of another island. Afraid that the core memories will become sad, Joy abandons sadness and tries to ride a recall tube back to headquarters. The ground below the tube collapses, breaking it and sending Joy and Bing Bong plunging into the memory dump. After discovering a sad memory that had turned happy when Riley's parents and friends comforted her, Joy understands Sadness's purpose of alerting others when Riley is emotionally overwhelmed and needs help. Joy and Bing Bong try to use Bing Bong's chant-fueled wagon rocket to escape the memory dump. They fail to fully ascend due to their combined weight, and this is until Bing Bong jumps out at the last moment and fades away. Joy reunites with Sadness and they return to headquarters, discovering that Anger's idea has disabled the console, rendering Riley apathetic as she boards to a bus to Minnesota. To the surprise of the others, Joy hands control of the console to Sadness, who is able to reactivate it and prompt Riley to return to her parents. As Sadness reinstalls the core memories, transforming them happy to sad, Riley tearfully confesses to her parents that she misses her old life. Her parents comfort her and admit they also miss Minnesota. Joy and Sadness work the console together, creating a new core memory consisting of happiness and sadness, and a new island forms representing Riley's acceptance of her new life in San Francisco. A year later, Riley, now at the age of 12, has adapted to her new home, made new friends, and returned to her old hobbies whilst also acquiring a few new ones. Inside headquarters, her emotions admire Riley's new personality islands and are given a new, expanded console, with room for them all to work together.
Inside Out was released on June 19th, 2015, with a budget of $175 million. It went on to make $858.8 million at the box office. The development of Inside Out began in late 2009, when director Pete Docter felt anxiety about his adolescent daughter Ellie's progressing introversion. Doctor approached Ronnie Del Carmen to become a co-director, and he eventually accepted the offer, citing his accidental animation work. They relived their past experiences and histories to adopt an idea evolving emotions for the film, aiming to depict them with strong, caricaturized personalities. The directors and producer Jonas Rivera researched the mind with the help of psychologist Paul Ekman and also the University of California Berkeley professor of psychology, Deitcher Keltner, I think that's how you say that. Pixar animator Dan Holland and also his team allowed some psychologists and specialists to accurately develop the film's story. Production designer Ralph Eggleston authorised neuroscientists to design the locations in Riley's mind, using DNA-based cues and also photographs of memory flashes. In Keltner and Eggman's opinions, they emphasised the emotions formation of social lines and interactions. Whilst Keltner focused on the sadness that strengthens relationships, Ekman identified seven emotions with universal signs early, including anger, fear, sadness, disgust, joy, contempt, and surprise. Doctor removed surprise from Inside Out after he corroborated that it and fear had very similar traits, and contempt was also abandoned by the filmmakers too. Two of Joy's initial names were happiness, of course, and also unrelented optimism, which were then combined with joy. A total of 26 emotions, including irritation, envy, greed, gloom, despair, depression, love, shame, embarrassment and hope, were also considered for the film. However, many of these were also considered to share the same, or a combination of the same values, as the universal signs. Inside Out was initially greenlit in October of 2009, after Doctor was interested in forming the main character story arc. Chief Creative Officer John Lasseter actually offered little input on the film due to his focus on restructuring Walt Disney Animation Studios, and it was also the first Pixar movie produced entirely without the involvement of co-founder and former Apple CEO Steve Jobs, who died in 2011. The film spent five and a half years in development, however the animation work only took about a year and a half. About 48 animators and 350 artists and technicians were involved in the production of the film. Two other animation teams were also produced for the film. One was separate for abstract sequences, and another was crowded for the character process. Upon its release in theatres, Inside Out was actually accompanied by the brilliant Pixar short film Lava. This was also then included with the physical home release of the movie, along with a short called Riley's First Date, where Riley's friend Jordan visits to take her skating whilst her parents react to the situation. Jordan and her father bond over their love of ACDC, and Riley's parents conclude that he's a good kid, and they share a kiss before her father goes to fix the table he's knocked over. A sequel is currently scheduled for a June 14th, 2024 release, which will follow Riley as a teenager, with a new set of personified emotions. Amy Polher is also reprising her role of joy for the film as well. And that's about it for this week's movie. 
I would actually say that Inside Out is probably one of my absolute favourite Pixar films of all time. It's definitely up there with the likes of Toy Story and Finding Nemo and films like that. It's just absolutely brilliant. I think the way that they kind of give these emotions some personality, but also how those emotions are then shown on Riley, it just works really, really well. It also makes you think a lot of the time, okay, if I had those combination of emotions in my head what would that look like? Who is in control of my mind right now? And I had a very interesting discussion with someone a couple of months back where they said, okay, inside out, these are the emotions that are kind of shown in this movie. Yes, there are other emotions that, as I spoke about in the kind of the development of the film that could have been considered, but these these core emotions are the, are the ones that kind of combine together to make you feel how you're feeling. But what do you think that your emotions are like most of the time for example for me i actually don't know I, I don't i was trying to think this through at the time and i would probably say that fear has probably an overwhelming controlling my mind a lot of the time and this kind of goes to me being very much an, an, an introvert but also trying to push myself to be able to do more all the time i'm always afraid to do more but i always want to push myself to do more at the same time and that's kind of kind of the only thing that I could maybe think of from it. Yes, there are a lot of joyous occasions, especially time with the family. I'm always happy when I'm spending time around my family. So at those times, joy is very much in control. At certain times of year, for sure, especially around times of significance, like when my mum passed away, for example, or significant family memories, there will be a lot of sadness involved in those. I would probably say disgust is probably sitting to the side a lot of the time, unless there's some music on in the office that is just not my kind of music, for example. At those sorts of times, I usually shove my headphones in and listen to Saucer Radio most of the time anyway, but uh, that's probably the only time that disgust surfaces, I would say. And anger probably just takes a back seat most of the time as well. I'm not very much an angry person. Yes, sometimes I might get frustrated, and maybe that's kind of like, anger a little bit being tampered down by joy at the same time i don't know but i don't really get angry i just get frustrated and eventually that uh, i don't know melting pot occasionally blows over and that only happens maybe once or twice a year and i just have to like just get my frustrations out there and just in one burst and then that's it and usually it's just i'm sat in the car for example and i'm really frustrated with myself and i just let it all out but uh, yeah i would probably say that that's the only way i can maybe describe if those emotions are in control of me what i would maybe be feeling so i, I would be interested to hear from you actually what do you think what do you feel that your emotional uh, state is like in reference to these core emotional characters who is in control of your emotions most of the time and where do you think that the other emotions kind of fit into that sort of daily life let's say i would be really interested to find out from people but yeah all in all really really enjoy this film i think it's definitely one that you should watch especially if you have children as well because it really helps them understand their emotions especially younger children as well we watched this with my son a while back actually when we were going through like the process where he was struggling to kind of let out his emotions and we wanted him to say okay 
right now I am angry. Right now I am sad. And we helped him understand those emotions through this film in a way. And he was able to use that then to be able to communicate those sorts of things to us. But yeah, really, really enjoyed this film. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the sequel and whether those same emotions are used in the sequel. I know in the the short, for example, it actually shows Riley's father's emotions and Riley's mother's emotions. And they are the same ones, just grown up sort of thing. So I would be interested to see whether they do keep those emotions or whether they're maybe going to try and introduce another emotion that's maybe a combination of a couple. I'm not sure, but regardless, it's definitely one that I'm looking forward to seeing. As always, I ask over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, the Fun Zone Facebook group, and also over on my social media for people to be able to share their comments. And actually, this is a film that I've previously included in the Weekly Movie Club back before I was doing it for the podcast, so I will include some of those thoughts as well. So let's see what you had to say. Possum said... I love this film and watch it regularly. KMV9300 said, I love this film. It never fails to make me cry, though. Brandon said, I enjoyed watching this movie for the first time today. I thought it was funny and interesting how they personify these emotions. And finally, Tim over on Instagram dropped me a message to be able to say, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I went into it with no expectations, having never seen it before, but it really got me thinking about these emotions and how it makes me feel. And I have to agree, it really does get you thinking about your emotional state sometimes. And it makes you think, okay, I'm watching this. I'm feeling emotional. Okay, sadness is in control at the moment. So yeah, it definitely gets you thinking about those sorts of things. But no, thank you very much for your comments this week. Now though, it's time to see what the guys over at Diz His had to say about Inside Out. Diz His, Diz His Review. Review. Okay, so D plus for this week is Inside Out. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, okay, is that I recently just watched that movie on a Disney cruise. Oh, it was really? Like on, it was like oh. on the Funnel Vision on top of the boat, whatever, and I sat down and watched it. And uh, uh, it was really good. What do you think of it, Alex? I like Inside Out. It's a great movie. Um, I like watching it. It's It's entertaining. It's funny. It has its moments. Uh, my wife likes it a lot. My daughter likes it a lot. My son likes it. So it's a it's a family fun movie. And uh, it has parts for everyone, you know? It's not just for kids. It's not just for adults. Mm-hmm. It has its segments for everyone. And the message is pretty fun, pretty interesting. And then it also has its touching moments, like with the uh, imaginary friend, which everyone says is like one of the most saddest parts of a Disney movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, bing bong. Bing bong, yeah. And... Um, you know, that's that's one of those movies that I think will age with you because right now I watch it and I have my daughter who's young, but as I get older, she's going to get older like the like Riley does in the movie. And uh, I think those memories of ideas of how memories, you know, are happy and sad. I think that's going to be something that's going to, you know, move with you as you age. And um, I think it's just going to get better as people age with it i think yeah i agree how about you chris i'm gonna say something a little bit controversial here oh gosh inside out might be might be i'm not sure because finding dory is up there but it might be the last great not very good but great pixar movie that we've had okay i uh, i'm looking at the list and we've had after inside out was the good dinosaur finding dory after that yeah a couple months couple months yeah inside out was 2015 
Um, then we had Finding Dory. Finding Dory is very good, but I don't know if it's great. No, I think it's great. very good. Not great. Uh, Cars three. Not great. Uh, Coco very good. Coco is not, great. Coco's really I, no, I think, good. I think Coco's very good. No, Coco is a, great. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's a masterpiece. Well, I'm sorry that you don't like the Mexican culture. I think it's a. I think it's. I think it's a masterpiece. Coco? I don't think it's. I don't think it's like against. It is inside, a masterpiece. So. No, it's a masterpiece. I don't, I don't, I just, I just, I'm going to agree to disagree. You don't like musicals. Okay. okay. No, I keep do on like going, musicals. Keep on going. I do what like else? musicals. I thought Coco was very good. I love Coco, but I think like, as far as like a truly great, uh, Incredibles 2, that was a fun movie, but it wasn't fun, like, yeah. you know, uh, Toy Story 4, not a fan of Toy Story 4. It's, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Onward, not a fan of Onward. I like Onward. Not, not, like not, a, Onward. not a great, not a classic, no. Soul, pretty forgettable. Yeah. Like, it's like okay. Soul. Soul it's good. okay. I liked Soul, but I think it's forgettable. But I, you know, other than Coco, I agree. I think Coco is the last great Pixar movie. I think Coco could be up there. I think Coco could be up there. Finding Dory it might be, I don't know, but you got Luca turning red and Lightyear, and we all know how those are. I heard Luca's very good. Luca's I seen good, Luca, but Lightyear's yeah, decent. But I don't know if, yeah, I haven't seen Lightyear, but I, you know. Turning Red was uh, good, too. Turning Red I did not like even a little bit. I like Turning Red. But, um, um, it, but, but I mean, I think Inside Out was, like, the last, like, just amazing uh, Pixar movie. I just thought every it, it, it hit everything on on you know. And now that I'm thinking about Coco. Coco was very very. very I think good. you can have two categories. You can have the last great Pixar film, and then the last great Pixar film with music, because Pixar and Coco are different. Because Coco is more like a musical, because there's constantly music happening in the movie. The characters are singing the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. Where Onward, or I'm sorry, Inside Out is just story driven. Yeah, and I think that's why I look at it as like a great movie is because they didn't like because I love all the music in Coco. Mm-hmm. I love the story behind Coco, but they didn't need music in, in, in Inside Out. It was just like it, 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 uh, it just expressed everything so perfectly. Like it's such a good learning movie. Uh, like that's, that's such an important movie, I feel like, for kids and even adults, really <laughs> adults and kids alike. But it's just it's so important. And I just think that just on all cylinders, it just was amazing. Yeah. Uh, hated sadness. Very depressing character. Very depressing character. You want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jen, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to DizHiz on all podcast platforms. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, you can catch them on Fridays on Sorcerer Radio at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. Or, of course, on any of my posts over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club or in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Next week for the Weekly Movie Club, we'll be watching The Princess Diaries. Until then, though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.